going on? Hey, it's your freaking mook, eh? Hey, it's your freaking mook. Yeah. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? It was bit of a fucking lame intro, um, but I'm, would you expect anything less from us? No, you wouldn't. I am Billy. I'm Rob. And we are here with our podcast. Your freaking mook. It's your freaking mook. We're talking about all the stuff we like, which is all the fucked up shit in the world. Yeah. So, um, recently, um, there has been a kind of an update to an unsolved mystery that we had covered on an earlier episode. Oh, really? Yes. The um, How come this is not in my notes? This is not in your notes. This is what I said. I said I got a fucking intro. I got oh, a okay. segue. Ah. And you said, can I ride your segue? And I said, it's <laughs> not that kind of segue. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, I was on one. I was on one. Fucking chuckle guts over yeah. here. So, I'm on one today, everybody, just so you know. Basically, on our Adelaide murder city episode, we talked about a case, a cold case called, um, it was the Beaumont children mm-hmm. who have been missing for, uh, over fucking 53 years. Mm-hmm. They've been missing. Yeah. There was a recent kind of thing that kind of. A break in the case? A break in the case. Um, it's a big case in Australia. And they actually like people, it's a, it's a complicated thing. We, we may or may not do a whole episode on the Beaumont children, but it, basically they, they, there's there's no new real leads. There was a lead. They dug. They were digging for bodies. They didn't find any bodies. Uh-huh. Digging for That's, bodies, coming yeah. up empty. Coming up empty. Got nothing but lint inside their hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is that how it goes? That's good. Something like that. Oh. Um, but it made me kind of, you know, get on that, that like unsolved mysteries kind of tip. Yeah. You know? We watch a lot. Of, Rob and I watch a lot of forensic files. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of... We, there's so many fucking unsolved mysteries out there. There's a lot of them, yeah. And we don't, we're, you know, this is kind of new territory, I guess, for us in in a certain way. In a cast. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> First you're, time we've done a cast like this. You're fucking embarrassing me. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> What's new, Billy? Story of your life. Uh-huh. Okay. You, you so, chose it. This week... We are doing a missing person case. Now, missing person case, I yes. just want to say that... Unsolved mystery. Unsolved mystery. This is an active case. So, um, really, honestly, fucking listen to this. If it seems familiar or something, be a fucking crime stopper. We are... Billy, did you just tell the people listening to our podcast to listen to this? <laughs> yeah. That's what they're doing. I said listen, like, carefully. You said fucking listen to this. <laughs> God, you're bossy. Listen, um, Rob... <laughs> And listeners, I'm going yeah, to put the contact details of, you know, who you get in contact. If you're like, shit, I might know something about this. I might which, have a little piece of information that could be helpful. Which we'll we're doing find America's, out. We're doing like an America's Most Wanted Yeah, thing we here. are, you know, like that. What's his name? That dude. Are we, are we finally doing something good for somebody? We might be doing something good. But, you know, it's a fucking weird case, which is basically why it, like, piqued my interest. What's the case, Billy? What happened? It, it's got a lot of weird, psychedelic, witchy, fucking demonic overtones. This is the very strange disappearance of Christine Walters. Mm. Okay. So, we'll set the scene here. It's... You ready for this? Yeah. I'm ready? sitting here, yeah. I know you're, you're like, come on, let's do it already. Okay. So, it's the morning of November 12th, 2008. It's 10 years ago, guys. It's pretty recent. 
What are you looking at? You're, you're shaking the table. No, you don't. How was that affecting you in the slightest? <laughs> I just, I wanted to know why I was shaking. Christ, you're fucking... I, Billy, can we get into this? You're giving me a hairy eyeball. <laughs> I'm trying to concentrate. I was concerned. I don't want anything to fall over. Fucking hell. All right. Ten years ago, November 12th, it's the morning, a couple lived in the rural um, northern California town of Arcata, I think it's pronounced, yeah. near Eureka, which is in the Humboldt County area. Humboldt and County. What's Humboldt County known for, Rob? Marijuana. Ganja, ganja, marijuana. It really is. It's it's, it's really... No, oh, should, uh, should I tell the Humboldt County story? Yeah, let's do it before we... And then we'll, we'll get into a flow and we'll tell you the fucking case. Yeah. But Humboldt County is uh, world-renowned, really, for... It's like it's called the Green Triangle, right? Humboldt I don't know. something yeah, else. Yeah, I would assume that's else. part of it. But yeah, it's basically world-famous for growing really good outdoor marijuana. Mm-hmm. They have huge fields. It's basically their number one economy up there. Is And the whole city, town, village, whatever, essentially revolves around weed growing. Uh-huh. Um, Billy and I flew to Australia a few years back to, I don't know. This was was many years. This was one of our first trips back. It was a while back and it was like we were going for Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like summer in Australia. But anyway, we get off the plane and we were going through customs and there was this like. And customs in Australia is pretty, pretty kind of gnarly. Like we don't don't have rabies. We don't have a lot of stuff in Australia. So they are very stringent. Yeah. You're not, they're not very lax. Like they're really serious about what's going down. And there's this kind of cute girl, I'd say maybe early 20s at best. Yeah, I would, yeah, 19 or 19, something. 19, 20. Yeah. She's standing in line and some guy is like. She's like kind of like a hippie. She looks kind of like a hippie. She's yeah. Got a woven backpack. And, yeah, with like know. patches on it and yeah. shit. Yeah. And there's some dude trying to like chat her up and doing the, oh, hey, where are you from thing. And she's like, oh, I'm from Humboldt County. And then Billy and I kind of like overheard it and laughed to ourselves. And I was like, whispered in Billy's ear, she's not getting through customs. Like, <laughs> it yeah. was like a joke, you know? Because she looked like, like the person that you would put, like, that you would pull over and she... Well, no, she just looked like a hippie. She didn't she look, like, she didn't look like a criminal at all. She, she looked like look a little like girl. A criminal, but she did look like a fucking, like, a textbook hippie. Yeah. Like a long skirt, sandals, woven backpack. Yeah. Shit. So anyway, uh, we go to pick up our luggage and we're standing by the carousels. And they're also, by the way, filming a, like, I don't know what it was, like a learning video or something. They've got, like, a canine drug sniffing dog mm-hmm. and they've got a film crew and they're, like, showing it, like, sniffing all the bags and stuff. And then we look over to the side, and there's young Humboldt mm-hmm. standing there with three security guards holding her arms behind her back against the wall. Uh-huh. And then one of them, one of the security agents, goes up and grabs her bag, and then they like take her through this doorway, and she's gone. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't the joke wasn't funny anymore. It it really wasn't. It was yeah. It, it was, was like oh she's going to jail. Fucking like right. So you know. Girl, so anyway, Humble County. Girl weed. in the airport. I hope you got through. Hope everything was yeah, cool. Yeah, I hope every, I hope you got away with whatever it was. And if she could have just had like a leftover nug in her bag yeah, or something. You I don't know, know, we've all heard horror stories about that kind of stuff. It's like you forget that you have the, the half smoked roach in your yeah. fucking. You forget that you have a bong with resin in your, or in your in suitcase. That, in that same trip, you forget that you actually have a bag of cocaine in your dress pocket. Um. 
during the same incident, by the way, and then when you're in Australia, you put your hand in the dress pocket and pull out a gram of cocaine that you accidentally smuggled through fucking <laughs> the same customs right. as humble. As you're laughing at the stoner hippie. And that's like hi- that's hypothetical though. That's hypothetical. And then actually, you know, if that did happen to somebody, then um it uh it was really cool for that person because, you know, they had cocaine in Australia, which is really fucking expensive. <laughs> right. And, uh, it was cool for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. Um, okay. Now, back to the story. Humboldt County, morning of November 12th, 2008. A couple are at their house. They're, I don't know, fucking feeding the chickens, chopping wood or something. Growing weed. Yeah, maybe. And fucking 23-year-old Christine Walters appears naked and bleeding on their front doorstep. Naked and bleeding is never a good two adjectives you want to hear. No, no, no. She was super confused. She was covered with briar scratches and she was just fucking freaked the fuck out. Out of her gourd. Out of her gourd. So they were like, oh my God, they, they called the police. You know, they obviously like put a fucking blanket on her or like give her a cup of tea or something. They called the police. I just made that bit I was going to say, you don't know that. They didn't yeah. do that. They could have thrown a cold they water They could have said, her. stay outside, bitch. Yeah. Um... Anyway, that's what, you know, that's what I think you would do. That's what you would do. They call the police. The police are like, we're going to get this chick to the hospital. They take her um, to St. Joseph's Hospital for treatment. She appeared totally fucking frightened. She said someone was after her. She wouldn't say exactly what had happened or who was after her or what was going on. And the staff in the hospital basically recall her like she didn't want to be touched. She didn't want anyone to get close to her. She's fucking freaked the fuck out. Yeah. She apparently wouldn't participate in like in like a rape kit or any of the, the proper stuff that you're meant to do. Yeah. She was just like, you know, whatever. Well, she was obviously traumatized. So they test her for drugs. She tests negative for drugs. Okay. She's 23 and the police basically were like, well, we can't keep her here. Like she seems okay. You know, gave her, checked her out, gave her the evaluations. Um, there's a quote here from her mother. Do you want to be her mother? No, I don't. (laughs) Her mother basically says they let her go because she was of age and she wanted to go. And her mother was told that there was a nurse there who said that she should have never been released. So basically one of the staff was like, you can't let this girl go. Like she's not saying anything, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the mother also says that she can't talk to the nurse because of legal reasons. Yeah. And to be honest, if somebody hasn't committed a crime, they don't want you to touch them. They're, they don't want to take any mm-hmm. tests and they're saying they want to leave and they're 23 and they're not under arrest. Shit. You can't do shit. No. You have to, they have to let them go. Yeah, Exactly. And I can understand from from a mother's perspective that you would be like, oh my god, how could they let? Why did you let her leave? Uh, Because she wanted to leave. She's she's a fucking adult. Like, I get it, but at the same time, like, you can't make somebody stay in a hospital that doesn't want to be there. So after she was discharged, she basically called her mother in Wisconsin. We'll get into that later. Um, But she basically told her mother that she had been chased by demons through the woods after she had participated in a shamanic ritual. That old chestnut. Mm-hmm. 
So this is what she tells her mum in Wisconsin. You can imagine what her fucking mother would be thinking. I would assume any mother in Wisconsin whose daughter is in Northern California would be fucking terrified and, and paranoid anyway. Oh, yeah. For sure. I've lived in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been to Northern California. Yeah. I, yeah. I know all about it. Um, so anyway, she was taken to a, a hotel in town and she basically kept calling her mother over and over again on that first day that she was in the hotel. Um, she was freaked out. She kept calling her. She was super paranoid. She was, kept insisting that someone was coming to get her and that would the people would find her no matter where she went. Right. She's fucking freaked out. So her mother was basically like, honey, I'll come to, I'll fly. I'll, I'll fly to California, sweetheart. I'll come get you. Which is a, which is a good mom move, you know? Yeah. So her mom's like, we'll come and get you out. Don't worry about it, honey. Um, but Christine insisted that she could fly back by herself. But the problem was, is that she had lost all of her ID. Yes. Cause so she'd been living in the woods. She'd been living in the woods. So she wasn't, uh, she couldn't, you know, get on a plane and fly back to Wisconsin. Yeah. So she's like, mom, send me copies of my ID and I'll like get all the stuff and like get, I'll fly back myself. Exactly. We're all good. I'll come back as soon as we can. So she's holed up in this hotel for a couple of days. So according to her mother, so her mother was essentially during this period, the only person that she was like in regular contact with. Right. Because she's in this small town. She's staying in a weird little hotel, you know. And she's calling her mom. She's calling her mom. So her mom said that she was acting super paranoid and strange. On, um, the, on the phone. On the phone. She's, she kept telling her mom that she believed that the forest demons were trying to hunt her down. And she was very fucking scared as you would be if you had uh, forest demons on your trail yeah yeah and she basically told her mother that she couldn't tell her why she was bleeding and naked she couldn't tell her what happened that day because the demons would hear her yeah they'd hear her snitching mm-hmm. yeah and what happens to snitches they get stitches ain't that the truth they're a dying breed mm-hmm <laughs> sure are um okay so, demons would hear her. So, on November 14th, this is a couple of days after this whole incident went down, she went to a copy center where her mother had faxed her ID papers so she could get her a new ID. Isn't that such a, like, a good mom thing? Such a... You know, you're like, Mom, I need my ID. They, like, figure out all your shit. They go to the thing. They probably... Her mom figured out where to yeah. fax it to her, and they fax you the papers, and then you, like... Whether or not you show up to even pick them up. You know what I mean? Honestly. Moms always do shit like that. You and I, our parents have been through the ringer with they've that got, kind of I'm stuff. I'm sure they've got a lot of stories like that. Like, and then I had to go at 2 in the morning to Kinko's and fax the thing to London because he got drunk and lost his thing on the train. On the train and yeah, yeah. God damn it. Oh, they're always doing that. And shout they, out to the mothers. Shout out to the mothers. You, good, good job, y'all. You do a bloody good job. You do hard work. Um, so her mom's facts her stuff. She saved the day again. You know, everything's cool. So she's, she's at the copy shop. They fax him there. Employees at the copy shop basically said that she was fucking super nervous and paranoid when she was trying to do it. And she kept trying to hide the papers from them. Right. In the copy shop. She probably didn't want the demons to get them. Exactly. Or maybe, maybe everyone looked like, maybe she thought everyone was a demon at that point. I don't know. Who knows? So, sometime after getting all these copies of her ID stuff, 
she left her bag. Now I've read three different versions about where, where this happened. Some people say the the copy shop was the last time she was seen. Somebody else says a coffee shop. Oh, I think that might be just a little, like they heard copy. And like they, they were, coffee. they were doing like, they were talking with like a can with a yeah, string maybe. and they were, then they were going, I last saw her. Cause it's all these no, people that playing, live in the woods. Um, they're playing the telephone game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like all the little, like, uh, Chinese whispers. We Chinese. Well, that's, that's it's not, not, not appropriate. It's not appropriate in America, sweetheart. Well, that's what, you know, we used to call it. We call it the telephone game, I think. Oh, but, I know what you call it. But, um. So yeah, so all the uh, transient woods people were doing Chinese whispers, Maybe. and somebody said she left her bag at the coffee shop. She goes, "Oh, was it the coffee shop yeah. where she was getting her mom facts for all her shit?" So who knows? Now the other one that I've heard, and this one sort of seems to make the most sense to me because there's some follow up with this, is that she left her backpack, her money, and this ID that she'd just gotten. Like all this, you know, all the important stuff to her. She left her bag at a spiritual center in town in Arcata. And they said that she was a frequent visitor to this place. And she would often like leave her, her backpack there and then go hiking in the woods. Right. It's very like woodsy. And she didn't have an apartment or a locker or somewhere yeah, to put it. Or something like that. So they kind of knew her. And um, that was one of the things is that they... She'd left her bag at the spiritual center and then she went for a walk or something and blah, blah, blah. So basically, November 14th or 17th, again, depending on what you read, this was the last time she's she's been seen. Okay, ever. Ever. That's ever. it. That's it. She gets out of the hospital. She asks her mom for her ID. She faxes it to her. She's got this backpack. They've given her money. They've given her copies mm-hmm. of her shit. She's supposed to fly back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then, poof. Then, gone. Gone. Gone, girl. Um, yeah. She's uh, she's it. That's it. That's, that's... The last known info. That's the fucking case. Let alone, like, in this weird situation, but the last things that you're saying are, like, I'm being chased by demons. The demons can hear me. You're hiding your, like, stuff from people in the street. Like, I wish we had more information about those couple of days in town. In town, right. But we do have more information Mm -hmm. leading up to this. So let's get into that. So basically, the question is, what the fuck was she doing? She's from Wisconsin. What the fuck is she doing in California? Why is she even in a situation where she's getting chased by demons through the woods? Very fucking evil dead, like crazy cameraman kind of shit is what I'm imagining. Like yes, trees raping you, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Well, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. 100%. So let's, let's go back a little bit into who Christine Walters was, why she's, why she's found herself in Northern California. You want to, you want to do a little bit or you want me to just keep going? Well, in 2008, she was a junior at the University of Wisconsin in Stevens Point, studying botany and ethnobotany. Hmm. Okay. Um, um, this is a quote from Anna underscore Hart. Was that from some sort of website? Billy? This is basically, I did a lot of research um, on this story. I was intrigued. I couldn't find a whole lot of information. So I, I basically found a bunch of stuff on Reddit and it will, it will um, add some more mystery to this story. 
But this is, yeah, a, a person from um, from Reddit basically chimed in just about where she's from. Yes. Talking about Deerfield, Wisconsin. And this Anna Hart says, Deerfield is a pretty small place, nice town near Madison, and Stevens Point is what everyone would call a, quote, college town. If she's anything like I was at that age, it's likely she was more naive than the average person. It sounds like this is the first time that she really stepped out of the nest, so to speak. Basically, I kind of get it, although Wisconsin is a strange place. Wisconsin. So, yeah, if she's from a small town in the Midwest, it's very different than growing up in, like, the big city or Northern California yeah. or something, and that is true, and she probably was very naive. But also, I will say, from personal experience, there's a lot of weird shit and kind of craziness that goes on in those small towns in Wisconsin as well. Well, Rob, you and I have talked about this a lot, like... You know, the dangers of the big city versus, like, growing up in the in the suburbs or a rural kind of yeah. setting. There's, there's, it's... Shit goes down shit in the country. Shit goes down in the country. And it's different than the shit that goes down in the city. Yeah. But, so, but sort of not. And then sometimes it's the, the country emulating the city but making it way worse. Yeah, you're right. Like, the, the small town kind of, like, crip gangs and yeah. stuff like that. And they're you? like, he stole a gram of weed, so he, like, murdered his younger brother yes. and shit like that goes down. There's a lot of shit that goes down. Like, I would be in Wisconsin. in Ma- uh, I, went, I lived in Wisconsin Rapids for a couple years, or almost a couple years. Thank God. Well, you know, whatever. Shout out to Wisconsin Rapids, but I'm glad I left. <laughs> but I would have people, like, classmates come to school and say that they're, like, their mom chopped up the couch with an axe last night because their parents were, like, arguing about getting a divorce. And she's like, well, you're not getting the couch. And so she would, like, chop it up with an axe. And they were, like, smoking weed when they were, like, 10. Yeah. And everybody was fucking because there was nothing to do. And, you know, it's yeah. like there's weird shit like that going on. Where in the big city, it doesn't go down like that. No. And, I mean, I was, I've always sort of... Uh, talk to Rob about this. I spent a lot of time uh, growing up in kind of rural areas of Australia and it was the same kind of thing. Like we, you know, when we were teenagers and stuff, it's like the, the amount of freedom and the shit that we would get up to, like, it was like, we would like party in ruins and like blow things up and like, you know, people would be fucking all over the place. People are drink like drinking crazy amounts. And you couldn't do that in the city. Like you couldn't get up to that kind. You You would get caught. You couldn't blow up a fucking, uh, a bonfire and like, you know, drink a bottle of port, you know, in the city, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird. But anyway, I get what they're saying. It's a, it's a small Midwest town. Mm -hmm. She has never been in the city. She's never been to, you know, around like probably hippies or anything like that. And I think that that thing that she was like maybe a little more naive than the average person, I think, really goes with her character. Yeah. This next quote is a, a friend of hers said, and like just think about this this girl in that area too. I'll read this little quote. She was always looking for adventure. And I think she always just wanted to keep traveling because she wanted to be a yoga instructor and she didn't know where she fit in. She thought out west would be better for her free spirit mentality, and we all thought that would be good for her too. And you know what? She's exactly right, because uh, if you are in the west coast and you're not 
a free-spirited person that does yoga, you're the fucking weird one. You are. Because everybody out here is like that. It's I'm not strange. lying. And you're not going to find a lot of support for a free-spirited yoga instructor in Wisconsin. No, and you can totally, you can totally imagine, like, her friends. Like, she is the free-spirit. She is the one who's, like, kind of into this, like, you know. Botany. Alternative stuff and, like. Yoga. You know. So, this I thought was kind of interesting as well. That, um. This was another thing I think I read on Reddit or something that she may go by any of the following nicknames. Star, mm. Airy Star, or Star Meadow. It's very hippie. Very hippie. She had a tattoo of a large green and purple iris on the nape of her neck mm-hmm. and a small black butterfly tattoo on her lower front hip. Left nostril is pierced. Ears are double pierced. Uh, this is painting a picture. This is painting she a picture. Wants, she's studying botany. She's got these. And she was little. She was like 5'1 or something. She's uh-huh. this little, cute, like, hippie. little redheaded hippie girl who everyone thought was like a lover of, you know, she's like a lover of nature, blah, blah, blah. So in the summer of 2008, she had some time off school and she took a vacation to Portland, Oregon. Where I've also lived. Yes, indeed. I know a lot about that. This is very, um, very kind of... This could have been me, Billy. This could have been you. Star. This could have been been you. (laughs) It couldn't have. Um, So she goes up to Portland, Oregon. She's scheduled to return to Wisconsin to her college classes in the fall. But But she decides to extend her stay. Summer comes to an end and she's like, you know what? I'm not ready to leave this magical place. I am not going. I'm not ready to go back to Wisconsin. Fucking Wisconsin. After I've been to Portland, Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah, happens. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, she... I lost my place here. She didn't go to college class. She decided to extend her stay. She loved the area. And then she went to visit friends in Northern California Mm -hmm. in Eureka. Which is where the story all takes place. So, throughout the whole time that she was away in Oregon and stuff, she was in regular phone contact with her family. What a good Midwest girl. Exactly. She would do the call, check in, blah, blah, blah. Soon as she arrived in Eureka with the so-called friends, Mm -hmm. she stopped calling as much. I've got a theory. She was too stoned. Yeah. Drunk, yeah, hanging out in the woods. AKA it makes it harder to having call- too much of a good time. Yeah, you don't want to call your parents when you're high and you're fucked up and you're in the middle of the woods. It's not a good time to call your parents. So she starts calling her parents less. Yeah. So you know, immediately they're all probably already a little worried. Mm-hmm. They're like, she's meant to be back in school and this and that, and she's on the west coast. So she had been staying on the west coast for the four months leading up to her disappearance. She'd totally fallen in love with Northern California's natural beauty, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, we don't even we don't even like nature, but we uh, we went to like nature is not on our list of the. Of, I mean, yeah, it's not. But um, we went to visit our friends. Uh, we went to a wedding in uh-huh. Big Sur in Northern California, which is kind of around this area, and it was like mind blowing how it's, beautiful it is. It's it was like fucking incredible. We were like gasping as we drove around like we mm-hmm. couldn't believe it and we don't even really care about trees and shit but it was magical how beautiful it is and actually I get it. actually side note um from last episode our friend fino oh he was driving he us. was yeah. driving and if if you think we haven't seen this fucking nat- nature like this uh-huh. fino's from like fucking chicago yeah. 
And uh, he was fucking almost driving off the cliff with yeah, natural But that's because we kept going, whoa, look, whoa. And, and then he, he kept like, screaming at and us. And he was like, I'll need to calm down. I'm about to crash this car. Yeah. And he seriously was. He was. Um, anyway, side note. So it is very beautiful in Northern California. And she also really liked it because it was, you know, like spiritual people. Like pe- yeah. like-minded people that like yoga and like... So this is this is the thing. She's she's in love with the surroundings. She's met a bunch of new friends, mm-hmm. right? She's young. She becomes starts becoming super interested in fucking alternative lifestyles and spirituality and environmental causes and all this kind of stuff. Which, which I is, get. Which has always been a theme for her. But you just imagine too, like imagine you being like you know, a punk rock kid in Wisconsin and you go to New York and it's like punk rock is everywhere. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like in the eighties or whatever, you like get into your genre. You get it. You finally, you're living your scene and you're like, Oh my God, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. So I totally relate to this, you know? Mm -hmm. So according to her friends and family back home, she had met a group of like-minded spiritualists. I feel like I've, we've met this group. Yeah, and she was a very trusting person. In the Midwest, when you trust people because exactly. they, they do what they say. Um, she loved nature. She had worked in an organic farm before. She was like a yoga teacher, she's into Pilates. Basically, I think we've I think we've established it's she'd, perfect for her. She found her. She found her spot. So. Around this time, too, I think her her family and friends started to think that maybe some of the people that she was hanging around maybe weren't that kind of nice. And I think that was probably more, as we said, like, she's not coming back to school. Like, what the fuck? You're like, always very, like, skeptical of, like, the unknown. And people from Wisconsin are very skeptical about California. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Most of the country is very skeptical about California. So they started... Started having like thoughts that maybe she was kind of involved in a bit of a dangerous community. Yeah. So her parents at this stage are probably like telling her to come home all the time. And shitting their pants. So during this time, because she was hanging out with the hippies in the woods and stuff, she wasn't working a lot. So she would call her parents all the time to ask for money. Oh, they love that. Yeah. Parents love that. Yeah. My parents love it, especially. Oh, you're where you're, you're where I don't want you to be. Not calling us anymore. Not going back to school, and you need money all the time. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Come home. Yes. <laughs> this whole <old> situation. <laughs> That's okay. um, Have we? I don't know. Wait a So shortly, but this is this is kind of trippy too. Very shortly before she disappeared, she called up her parents, asked them for money. Her father sent her a thousand bucks. And this was left untouched in her bank account. Right. So after she went off the grid, like blah, 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 there was no, I mean, she'd lost her. I'm assuming she'd lost her bank cards and stuff as yeah. well. But and, and I don't know what her father does, but to be honest, if you live in Deerfield, Wisconsin, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's a fair chunk of change. Like yeah. even now, you know, but they're being cool and they're sending her money and then she doesn't even use it. No. So. The parents, and I totally understand this too, the parents are freaking out. After she went, after she disappeared, her parents hired a private investigator and he was digging around and stuff and he basically found out that she was in a tea ceremony. Oh, one of those. um, Before she was found and taken to hospital. So they're basically thinking that that's... Ayahuasca. That's the thing. Yeah, it's ayahuasca, number one. 
And that that's basically what happened when she was found at the on the people's doorstep is she had just come from this An tea, ayahuasca cer- ceremony. tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with ayahuasca, we have a great... Uh, I don't know if it's great, but it's definitely an ayahuasca episode. It's our like our personal experience. Second or third um, trip, and I mean episode. episode. Yeah, no, it wasn't our third trip. <laughs> um, so she had apparently she'd been staying in Arcata for several days. Um, after this, hang on, I because I've I've pulled information from everywhere. She'd staying in Arcata. No, that's whatever, a throwaway. She'd basically been hanging out in the town as they're like going off into the woods and doing their ceremonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So people knew that this was going on. Now, as Rob said, on our ayahuasca episode, we encourage you to listen to it because we explain it in very graphic detail. But in case you're unfamiliar, ayahuasca um, can, it's basically DMT, and it can cause hallucinations that last up to 10 hours it's a very long fucking experience, right? And if people like all psychedelics or like all drugs to a certain extent, if there are underlying kind of mental issues, mental illness issues, mm-hmm. um, these drugs can kind of make people freak out. Yeah. So that's a very kind of real possibility is if she'd had Yeah, absolutely. Like, that happened to um, some of the graffiti kids from Chicago, they got yeah. some new kids in and they started eating a bunch of acid and it turned out like one or two of them was schizophrenic and they went way fucking... Was that the Satanist stuff? Yeah, it was all that shit. Oh and they, But they got like hospitalized and shit because yeah. they were just going off the fucking deep end because well, we, they were had mental problems. We have a couple of friends who had really intense um, like breakdowns through mushrooms. But um, were they mentals? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to give you the eye. Why are you like, giving me that eye? I'm trying, I don't even know who you're talking about. Because these are very good friends of ours, and two separate people had, like, psycho-hospitalized oh, yeah. bad yeah. trip mushrooms. My point is, is, like, as we all know, if you're a little, like, a lot of schizophrenic people shouldn't smoke pot, or if you have that kind of stuff, because it can, it can kind of fuck Trigger you. Up. It can be triggered. It can. Um... So ayahuasca is pretty much, it's fucking terrifying, even if that's not even a factor. What, the craziness? The mental illness? No, the experience of having ayahuasca. Yeah. It's a very intense, scary fucking experience. So I thought I'm it was saying, awesome. What I'm saying is if you are in, just imagine we were doing our ceremony in the woods. Oh, and God. we're all naked. Oh, God. And there's like a fire and there's like darkness around you and yeah. stuff like that and you're from 20 you're in your early 20s from wisconsin you've i'm never talking done. about even you and me it could have the potential to go real bad <laughs> i could be running through the woods on somebody's fucking doorstep easily but i'll tell you this i wouldn't find myself with my dong hanging out on a bunch of twigs with somebody i don't know frying out my ass like that's not a position I put myself in. You but she's put, you did put yourself in a position of wearing a white outfit <laughs> with strangers in a, a witch's mansion. With a potential to shit. Yeah. With a potential to shit yeah, you my wore, ass. You wore white pants to an event where they said, caution, you could shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what was terrifying. But at least I wasn't, at least I had walls around me. But I, I guess that's the point. I'm not a free spirit. No. She, she's, I'm not. I'm you not. are, you are 
100% not a free spirit. What would you call that? What's the opposite of a free spirit? I don't know. Like big stick up your butt? Oh, I was going to say smart. But anyway, <laughs> she's a free spirit. She's found herself in the woods taking ayahuasca, possibly naked with a and, bunch of random people that what, she's only known for like a month. Exactly. So. And I think the thing I'm trying to I'm trying to establish is like I am by no means sane, right? However, You're by no means sane? Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, I, saying. Say, sane. I'm... You're by no means sane. That's, that's right. That's exactly what I am saying. That oh, you're I am saying slightly... that you're not sane. Oh my god. Oh, so I was. Okay. So I was right. You're no. Yeah, you're not. Sane. I may be a little predisposed to a little fucking craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also like pretty much like on a general level have like pretty good mental faculty. Yeah. My point is, is that situation of doing the ayahuasca in the fucking woods with the people, it's fucking scary. That is scary. Even if you have good mental faculty. Right. That's even my if you're point. not schizophrenic. That's my point I'm trying to make. I agree. So it is very unclear whether the tea ceremony is related to her disappearance. However, I, I say, would say yes. I would say pretty much yes. So remember that she was tested for drugs when she went to the hospital. And the test came back negative, and they were like, she's out of her fucking mind on drugs. They Mm -hmm. test her for drugs, and they go, no, she's not. Nothing. But this is another thing I found out on Reddit, that when they actually bring you in and they they do a drug test, they're just doing like a kind of random screening of like the the most, the the heavy hitters, like cocaine, heroin, you know, the ones that they hit for. For something like DMT, it's a yeah, very specialized they, test. Or like psilocybin for mushrooms. Like, yeah. they don't test for that, do they? I don't know. I don't know. But the the point is with the, the DMT, it's it like... It probably would, didn't show up because it wouldn't. They would have to test for like harmine or DMT with no cause, no real cause to test f- for that particular drug. Right. So people, people on the internet are basically saying like, it doesn't matter that she tested negative for drugs. She could have been fucking balls deep in psychedelic in drugs. fucking yeah. Crazy town. Yeah. I knew this dude who was an actor and they were talking about something with the union or something where you have to take a drug test and he's like, but, um, but they don't test for steroids. Steroids won't show up on that test. And he was like all buff. And I was like. <laughs> Okay, clearly, <laughs> clearly you do steroids and that's on your mind because you know they, don't, they don't test for uh, performance enhancing, you know, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. And you're like thinking about it like, yeah, if they were going to test for every substance in the universe, uh-huh. like you couldn't. You think though, you think though with cases like that, that because this area by all, like everyone's fucking doing drugs in this area. Like it's like, um... That's a gross generalization, gross Billy. Generalization. That's actually true. But what I'm saying, <laughs> um, a lot of people are doing drugs. You think that maybe in the like Humboldt County hospitals they would have like tripper kit or something? Oh, like, like trippers. Yeah. yeah, that's probably like the number give, one. And they're like, give her a fucking, you know, a fucking tripper kit if you know what I'm saying. It would like, be called a TK there. Yeah, they'd already they'd be like, uh, she's definitely gonna need a TK. Yeah. Uh, we want the LSD, psilocybin, DMT, harm, harm, like you know. Yeah, exactly. Because they would deal with that probably once a day. So we would suggest that medical professionals of the Humboldt <laughs> County area yeah, figure out the psychedelic thing, test for that, because that's actually way crazier than like being on fucking coke or meth oh, or something. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, man. So, okay, this is where I oh. 
I'm about to get into, basically, I, I found this case by Googling, um, you know, unsolved cases in California. And I found this thing and then I went down a wormhole. And as I, I keep referencing that, I keep, kept finding all this stuff on Reddit. Now I found some kind of really um, weird, like kind of updates of this. Yeah, because you had the, the original story, but then it's kind of like as people were hearing about the story, these weird like forest trippers were like somehow having internet access yeah. and like chiming in. Yeah, well, because they go throughout the years. They go down to the town and they go to fucking. <laughs> they go to a cafe Bob's or whatever. Fucking and the, internet cafe or yeah, whatever. And they you know they cash their parents' trust fund that they send them and they get an iPhone mm-hmm. and they sit in the cafe and read Reddit and find out about their tripper friends and then jump back on the freight train or go back out into the woods. Yeah, that's how these people are. That's what they do. So on one of the blogs, I read that somebody, this was like, you know, somebody said that somebody said, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not a, a really good source of information. Oh, it's the internet, Billy. It's, it's true. The internet. You know, it's true. Um, so I read that somebody from the spiritual center, remember where she apparently left, left her, her bag? Yeah. Somebody posted on the local kind of spiritual center blogs looking for their star sister, Christine. That was one of her nicknames. Like they put a fucking, um, yeah. they put a ad or like a thing saying, Classified, Hey Christine, yeah. I'm looking for my star sister. Have you found her? So the spiritual center had actually been like trying to help and like look out for her, you know? Right. Um, so I'm not sure whether this was, after she had like disappeared, disappeared, or whether it was like while everybody was hanging out, yeah, that or something like or whatever, that. Yeah. But there definitely were postings on like spiritual center blogs, like going, "Where are you?" Yeah, where are you? So there's there's so many p- potential theories. Like at this at this point, guys, you did did demons get her? Who fucking knows? Foul play. I love. I just. I really wanted to say, did she meet with foul play? Because that's what they, you know what I mean? That's what they always say. Did she meet with foul play? On those shows. Yeah. Yeah. Did she have a mental breakdown? Um, did she run away from the family to to live with the hippies and pursue her alternative lifestyle? I love well, that. Billy, that's not a, that's, yes. What do you mean? Yes, she did. She ran away from her family. Yeah, person. but did she, like, at that point be like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going back to Wisconsin. I'm just going to change oh, like my she, name to like, Star. Like, she just cut ties. She just dropped out. and like, mm-hmm. Like the guy that um, had that clothing company, Pervert, who yeah. disappeared and became a cult guy. And his family couldn't get him back. That's a great... Why are you talking... You never saw the thing where Janet Jackson was at, like, the... Academy Awards wearing a pervert shirt. No, I remember he owned, that. He was like brand. one of the first street. Yeah. yeah, I had like I had a ton of pervert. You clothes. actually did. Yeah, he joined a cult and his family like called the FBI and tried to get him out. What cult did he join? The orange guys. Ah, oh, the the fucking Moonies. Or oh, the Hare Krishnas. The guys that eat the garbage. Hare Krishnas, I think. They eat, they wear orange and they okay, eat garbage. This is a great episode. This is what you should research. I thought for we next talked week. about that dude. No, we've never talked about the pervert dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, potential um, potential cast idea. Yeah. Uh, human trafficking, fucking sex slavery, which it seems like every week I hear more and more about this, mm-hmm. about the fucking just sheer amount of missing fucking young people and children and stuff. It's kind of fucking insane. 
Yeah. Look at those numbers, guys. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's crazy about it now is like everything's on camera. Everybody has a phone. Everything is yeah, digitally recorded, and people dis- are still disappearing. Yeah. Like when we went to the Shanghai tunnels in Portland. Yeah. It made sense why people disappeared and were sold into white slavery because there's no record of anything. You're drunk in a bar. Yeah. You fall through the floor. You're in chains on a boat the next day. Yeah. You've been drugged. Yeah, how are they? That's a great podcast episode too. How would they ever catch anybody back then? But nowadays, like you can't even walk down the street without being on camera. How yeah. do people get away with it? I don't know. I guess there's no cameras in fucking Humboldt County. In the woods. You know what I'm saying? Um, was it um, fucking bizarre cult sacrifice? Could have been. You know, were the demons out to get her? Really, like fucking, uh, you know, Johnny Utah, fucking. Um, not from Point Break. I'm using that as like a kind of Svengali-esque cult leader. I don't really think any cult leader would go by Johnny Utah. <laughs> I would. It's a great cult leader. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Charles Man- Charles Manson. Who's the Who's the the Africa guy? Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Oh, Johnny yeah. Utah, not so much. Top, uh, what's David Koresh. David Koresh. Yeah, good ones. Um, okay. So what the fuck happened, right? So one of the first things I read on Reddit was that she's she was 23. This is pretty much the right age for symptoms of schizophrenia, right? Mm-hmm. Schizophrenia, like usually it's like doesn't show up until your your late teens or early 20s. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can have a completely normal life and you don't experience any symptoms until you go through these kind of hormonal changes so she's at that age we've already discussed that that these kind of mental illness things can be triggered by psychedelics or like a powerful experience like that right and she did the the, she did the tea ceremony so did that like flip her fucking brain chemistry did that flip her shit did that flip the fucking crazy switch you know um so you know, that's, that's a pretty fucking solid theory, right? She's coming out. She's and, and schizophrenics, um, often have like terrifying kind of, you know, demons chasing you is like a common schizophrenic kind of thing. It's always like very paranoid and violent and like religious. Yeah. Demons and God. And, um, so another theory is that Christine left with the shaman of the ceremony Okay. Now, I just put a little note here saying our ayahuasca experiment and experience because we made we made great pains to not mention the the name of our shaman who led our ceremony. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of we've kind of alluded to this in the past. I am incredibly um, distrustful yeah. of any charismatic religious leader, leader of anything yeah. whether it's a fucking yoga class or a or a teaser. what about your dance what about your um our pony sweat is great. pony sweat yeah, dance that's, class that's a that's you said a, she was very charismatic she, and fun she is charismatic and fun but she puts the power she gives you the power well that's what that's what they're telling you but maybe she still has no, the power no, over they're, you guys. they're like they're like yeah you have the power but you know by the way all your marriages are dissolved and now you will fuck me and bring me your daughters right, you know then, like it's like right and then I'll fuck your daughters our, our daughter and then we'll have our yeah. daughter's daughter pony sweat is pony sweat a little, she was making you guys do jump well, it's a little cult 
kind yeah. of thing because there was um, a lot of ecstatic joy in the room and it yeah. was like group uh, And activity. she would say, put your arms in the air and do this. And you guys would do it. I would do it. I would. She was. And she was very charismatic. But she would give that back to the people. Okay. If she maybe, if she started saying, hey, we're only going to start doing these pony sweat classes at my um, compound in the Santa Monica mountains and you have to come and like, if you want to take the classes, you have to stay there. And you know what? You shouldn't talk to your family anymore. Maybe I wouldn't do the dance classes. See what I'm saying? Oh, uh, so you're saying there's levels to this shit. I'm saying there's levels. There's levels to this shit. Okay. Well, fair enough. You're right. So anyway, some people say that she left with the shaman. Now, as I said, I can also, because while we have a healthy distrust of these kind of charismatic leaders. We have a healthy distrust of everybody, Billy. But everyone else, like you remember our ceremony? Oh yeah. You remember how revered the shaman was? Oh, everybody wanted to like lick his fucking ass. And do you also remember that there was like a possible like weird, like sexual uh, element? The reason I remember that is cause I was the one that said it. And then you and our girl friend said, Oh no, no. That's uh, that's unbelievable. And then I said, come on, everybody, let's be realistic. And Rob, then our guy friend said, yeah, I kind of thought that too was going down. Rob thought that perhaps there was some um, shamanic finger banging. I thought he was finger banging this chick. I think she was just having a, like a like a, a psychedelic release. It, that's not Rob what it thought th- it was like an orgasmic release. Uh, it sounded like a chick getting finger banged and having an <laughs> orgasm, but it was very dark. And I was just going in my head. Please don't be finger banging her. Yeah, don't don't su- not, don't sully this. This is for not us. what I came here for. I yeah. came here for a spiritual awakening, not to listen to a fucking weirdo finger yeah. bang some girl on drugs. So the, the one thing that I'm going to say, impressionable, twenty three year old, free spirit, um, it is kind of possible to me that she could have fallen in love with a fucking shaman or just been yeah. like under the guise totally. of like a charismatic guru. I'm sure. Well, Marilyn Manson. However. Marilyn Manson. That's good. <laughs> Did you mean Charlie? Well, actually kind of both really. Yeah, I guess they so. They both have young female worshipers. Um, let's just remember that she had no ID. So... She could, I mean, okay, she could be traveling around, like she could be getting in a car or, or this or that, but she couldn't leave the country, you know, she could So it's not like, like she flew to South America or with this India guy or, or wherever. If she was fully like manipulated by a shaman. Yeah. So, so that's kind of out because you actually, she couldn't, she could not leave the country without like a passport and like proper ID. Right. So. Um, there's a couple, there's a few kind of theories. Now, this is where it sort of takes a, it takes a, starts to take a little turn for the, the weird for me. As I was saying, I kept reading all these various kind of threads. And one of the things that I found was, um, a post from C fruit, fruit tiger. No, it's C F R U tiger. Okay. Whatever. However you want to say it. <laughs> Seafru tiger. <laughs> um, basically, says this. You want to say this? Yeah. Did you think CFRU tiger is a male or a female? Uh, I, I think I originally thought it's a female, but I don't know. 
Okay, well, here, anyway. You can re- just read it like a person. So, I'm, like, I'm like on the internet. I'm scouring Reddit or whatever. You're Sifru Tiger. I'm C-F-R-U Tiger. And I go, quote, This was a shock to find. I went to high school with Christine. When she went missing, we all scoured for any news we could find, had fundraisers to help her parents pay for the private investigator, etc. Christine was always into, quote, alternative spiritual practices, varying from J-Dub, which I'm assuming is Jehovah's Witness. Has to be. That's not part of the quote, everybody. To Wiccan, to other nature-oriented things. Since the time she was in elementary school. Mm -hmm. When she went missing, the original thought here was that she had joined something like Earth Liberation Front. Then, after not turning up, we realized that she had most likely passed. There is still hope that she's out there, but most likely not. Pretty. So he's basically saying she's been into some weird religious, spiritual things since she was a kid, and everybody was kind of trying to help, and then uh, at this point, they're kind of assuming she's dead. Yeah. So I can totally relate to this stuff, too, because I also was a teenage practitioner of Wiccan-based uh, what, no, you witchcraft. weren't. I fucking totally was, and you know this. I had a good period Billy. of dabbling in the arts of witchcraft. You can ask my parents. They still have my like magic box. Burying a crystal with your weed to make it more potent doesn't that, make you a Wiccan. That didn't work, by the way. Yes, of course it didn't. But we had, no, we had crazy ceremonies. We had ceremonies where fucking shit went on. I also did a spell. Which Who's we? Me and my friend, Tim Richardson, unfortunately, R.I.P., no longer with us. Rest in peace, Tim. But but him and I were were teenage practitioners of the arts, of the magical arts. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. So my point is, it's like I can, I, I, I am that person, but I am way too distressing and I'm not, I, I'm not a hippie at all. No, you're not. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, you're not. Um, so I, I kind of appreciate that, that searching that I, you know. I, I relate to her, I think, is the thing. Yeah. It's like dabbling and stuff. As much as I, I, yeah, I don't know if I really relate to her in caring about any of the things that she cared about. Mm-hmm. I totally understand how all of this went down. Right. From exactly. wanting what she wanted to studying what she studied to ending up in Portland, to ending yeah. up in Northern California, to finding new friends, to going to ceremonies, to doing all this shit. Yeah, like, I get it. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it could, it really could be any one of us. It could be in, any, a, in yeah. a different kind of scenario. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, now this is this one's really fucking crazy. This one kind of tripped me out. I'm scrolling down. I'm reading Reddit. Reddit. I find this one from Throwaway URM. And do you want to read this one or should I? I want to read it. Okay, you read this one. This one kind of freaked me out. No, go on. Holy shit! Two exclamation point. <laughs> I really believe that I have met and briefly lived with Christine. I have always wondered what happened to this woman after we parted ways. I was in Humboldt in early 2009 and living in a very transient lifestyle. Wait, wait. 2009. She disappeared in 2008. Yes. Weird, dude. He could This throwaway URM could also be wrong about the I know, if they're a but transient. Just, I'm just... Doing a little asterisk, okay. you know? Okay, let's send that to the detective. Yeah, I will. Um, Early 2009. Living a very transient lifestyle. I was associating with people that were not of the best character. I was living in a semi-illegal squatting situation in Eureka, California. 
It was ran by a man that was very paranoid, creepy, abusive, and secretive. Christine lived there for a period of around two weeks. I was very concerned for her because of how obviously mentally unstable she was. The man that ran the building was very possessive of her and was angered if we would try to speak to her. She disappeared as mysteriously as she showed up at the warehouse. I'm not able to at this very second but I intend to call the relevant authorities as soon as I am free to. I will post my entire story to Reddit after doing that. I'm sorry to leave this as such a cliffhanger. Okay. So from everything that I could find, there is there is no posted story. I like... So he never followed it up with the, like the, the, top, the place and everything. There was no fucking follow-up. So and basically like, they're I, saying... I'm not like super great at like the real like deep internet kind of stuff, but I did a pretty... I did spent about an hour kind of... Oh, you spent an hour? Yeah, trying to find what this thing was. Because this mm-hmm. seems like a fucking... I didn't even... This seems like a lead to me. I did not even put the 2009-2008 the thing together. Um, but yeah, you want you do the little breakdown. Well, this is my breakdown. It's a bunch of squatters, but there's like some sort of leader that's like, if you want to live in this warehouse, like I'm the dude, and he's got this little girl. He probably has a bunch of little. He probably girls. has a bunch of them, and she's like a little hippie, and she's obviously out of her fucking gourd. And she's probably like they gave her a bunch of drugs. She's kind of flipped out, so she's kind she, of permanently like a little manipulatable. Mm-hmm. And then even the even the transients that are living in this squat house are kind of like, that's kind of weird, like, with this creepy dude and her, but, like, we're not allowed to talk to her anyway. And then she's gone. Fucking terrifying to yeah. me. And here's the other thing. is like, I feel like I have known these same kind of people. Like, Rob and I always talk about there's only a, kind of like... We have a theory. There's, there's basically five people in the... Five, kind of five to ten, people. five to ten people in the world. And so everyone you meet, you've kind of met that. You've person. kind of met them before in a different version, but yeah, the same. It's essentially the same. So, so I just feel like I've met these, not necessarily these people, but I know that situation of like the weird warehouse guy. Like I've probably gone and scored pot from a place like that. Yeah. You're like you're like, what's up with fucking Darren? He's such a weirdo. And you're like, yeah, I know. Why is that girl always stand, like around and she's yeah. like she doesn't say anything and like she's always like yeah like picking at her nails or like I you have been in that situation oh, definitely. I have been in that situation yeah. and like it's just fucking gnarly that there's this like fucking case out there and then someone's like holy shit I fucking know like, I was there I, I saw like shit. this situation yeah I mean and as I said we will post you know, ways to contact the relevant people and we'll put a description of her and stuff. But I think, you know, as I said, she was, she was short. She was, she was redheaded. She had like, you know, various tattoos. You would remember if you fucking met this, this chick. Yeah, you would. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the thing that then creeped me out even more after that is then I keep scrolling down and this is not right under the other posts. This is like pages. Pages past. and pages, right. Then I find a post from um, Advocate for the Missing. Mm-hmm. And you want to read this one as well? Sure. This is more like concerned um, Wisconsin mom. Right. I came across this thread tonight. 
after speaking to Christine's mom on the phone today. Christine is not the only girl who vanished in the same fashion from there. Two out five are featured on Dateline. Danielle Bertolini and Sheila Franks both went missing within days of each other, both from that same area near Fortuna, California. And officials believe both were last seen with the same man. Throwaway URM, which is the guy who wrote the, or the previous poster. poster. We need the location and all the information you have in regards to this place. There is a predator out there and we need to find these girls. This sounds like human trafficking. Please make contact with her family and let them know the information that you have. And so there's no reply from throwaway URM. And I'm assuming throw throwaway URM is like it's throwaway as in like I just made this to I made this name to post this thing, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? Who knows? So that's that's written. There's no response to that. I don't know whether these people were even in contact or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's fucking frightening. And you didn't find anything about they found her. No. Or she's kept, dead. No. In fact Nothing. the the they're called there's five people who are missing around the same time from this area in Humboldt mm-hmm. County and they're called the Humboldt Five. They're all cold cases. None of them, none of them, have, none found. Of them have been found. So there's transient hippie girls on drugs in the woods squatting in a warehouse with a very creepy protective man. Paranoid fucking Paranoid protective Svengali. man. Svengali. And they're all gone and they've never been found. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so they're trying to basically, they're trying, like, it all sounds very, very fucking... Human trafficking. Human trafficking. A a human sacrifice. Something. Some reason why you need to have fucking, like, young, vulnerable hippie chicks. So, and then, again, that post from Advocate for the Missing was two years ago. There's been no other posting since. since then. From an earlier post in Reddit, somebody else very quickly said, she is one of the many young women who have disappeared in this area over the past several years. No one has been able to determine if there's a connection to the disappearances, but several of the families have combined efforts in their search for answers. Then they show like a link to like a map graphic with like... Where they all went missing. Where they all went missing, blah, blah, blah. It's a very small community, which even seems like weirder that there's like... Yeah, like, well then, because I've lived in small communities and they're like, oh, I saw that you dropped a quarter when you were coming out of the store yeah. and your Billy bought a gallon of milk yesterday. Well, this is the thing. When I when when I lived in a, I lived in a small town in Australia, which Rob lived for several months as well, population of 250 people. It, everybody knew everything. Everybody, like you farted on the fucking side of the road and somebody asked you about it later on in the day. Like yeah. they know every fucking thing that goes on. So yeah. that seems super weird to me too. Yeah. You know? Um, um, so that's, that's, that's basically it, it guys. There's, shit. there's nothing. Unsolved mysteries. Unsolved mystery. At the time of her disappearance, Christine Walters was five foot one. Just over 100 pounds. She's white. She has red hair, green eyes. She's got the tattoo of the orchid on the nape of the neck. And the butterfly, butterfly on her hip. And we'll, we'll post these details. You don't need to say it. And, uh, yeah, they're still looking for her. And everybody else that went missing from that area. So, I mean, if you, 
if you think you met this fucking chick at like a bush in Australia, we would we would call it a bush doof. We don't call it a bush, which doof. is a rave in the forest. Uh-huh. Bush doof. Yeah, I think out here they would call it an ayahuasca ceremony in the forest. Yeah, but if I mean, if you were driving around, you you met like a a redheaded chick with you know, or or you've met like the weird fucking guy. Like, firstly, don't fucking trust anyone. Don't go. Don't <laughs> get into like a group where there's like fucking where you're all think we're all being told to think the same things right don't maintain your own fucking brain don't do anything that, yeah don't fucking do that shit don't go and, live with a fucking weirdo in an abandoned warehouse don't um you know take drugs while you're naked in the middle of the woods with no room and yeah, you don't maybe know keep your clothes on or like maybe you know, you, you know keep your wits about you everybody let's try and not we had a great taxi cab driver who was probably from i don't know um Syria or uh-huh. something in San Francisco and we got stuck um, behind a I think it was a promotional gay rave club parade that went through the middle of town like for like Red Bull or something it was like yeah. for Red Bull but all their nightclubs and there was like dudes with like slapping their dicks and like a bunch of like little kids on the sidewalk like looking very confused yeah. and we were like wow it's like it's pretty liberal out here it's pretty crazy in San Francisco and this uh, this ca- old Syrian cab driver said, "You know what? Sometimes your mind is so open, your brain falls out. <laughs> so don't be that person. Don't be that person that's so open-minded that your fucking brain falls out and you get yourself in a bad situation." And I cannot think of a better way to finish our episode. That's a sensational fucking quote. See you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah, what's up? What's going on?